Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast. We believe that negative emotions and circumstances shouldn't be allowed to run your life. Join our hosts, Steve Freitag and Mary Carlton, as they discuss real practical truths that you can apply today to have God's light shine in the most painful places of your life. Hey, welcome to the Cross Council Podcast. This is Sean Sebastian, the Communications Director. I'm joined by Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag, our other directors. And today we're going to do part one of our series, Why Am I So Stuck? And you might feel stuck for a lot of reasons. You could feel stuck for um, you know, being in a relationship or you feel stuck in your career. And we're going to be touching on some of the ways that you, you haven't heard of before that make you feel that way. And so without further ado, I'll let Steve take it away. Thanks, Sean. Mary and I work with a lot of people who feel like they're stuck. And I know, Sean, you've touched on that as well. We're stuck in, for many different reasons, like you said. Uh, we're stuck because of cert- certain circumstances. We're stuck because of what we, um, uh, things that we, we believe, though. That's really the bottom line. We're, not as, we're really not as stuck as we think. And we fall into these patterns of continuing to believe that life just can't get better. Even when we're followers of Jesus, we can believe these platitudes that scripture talks about, but we're not exactly sure how to get there or if even we deserve to be there. And that's that's why this is just so all-encompassing. All encompassing. It's such a monster feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. It does come down to what we believe in our about our identity, but also it's really kind of like a, a PTSD thing for some people. And one of the ways that we, define PTSD. It's not a real technical way, but it's a, a lay person's way of understanding it is um, what once was true is no longer true, even though it feels true. I think mm. that's a, a great explanation that we have gotten from Dr. Ed Smith. And people really resonate to that because it is true that there are times in our lives where we were stuck. We were trapped, even with a bully on the playground. He could have his knee in our chest. He could be stealing our lunch money. And so we literally were stuck. And then we find ourselves in life where our mind is associating with that event, with us not even consciously thinking about it. And so we fall very easily into that victim mentality. And there's just so much to unpack in that, but it really does come down to what we believe. I know when I've been stuck in life or felt stuck, um, if I really look at the situation and I, and I think about, you know, what is the real cause here and why am I feeling this? Why can't I not move forward or why can't I um, get what I want out of this situation or out of this relationship? If I really just let my heart start to feel how that feels. A lot of times I find out that I'm really frustrated. I'm frustrated with the job. I'm frustrated with my spouse. I'm frustrated with myself, whatever it is. And that frustration actually kind of locks me up and it keeps me from feeling free and confident to do the things that I want to do or to even initiate the change that I think needs to happen. And so really for me underneath it is this feeling of being frustrated and I can't let that go without God's help. So that frustration just sort of sits on top of my heart and it keeps me from doing things that, that I want to do. And, uh, if I don't deal with that, and, and there's times that I haven't dealt with it, and I felt that stuck kind of numb feeling for a long time, 
But then I stop and I realize, okay, just sit down and, and see what's going on here instead of just ignoring it and going on and, and, and allowing it to continue. So as I have felt that and realized that that frustration was there, then I have, then I know what to do because I can look at that and I can release that, get past that. Then my heart starts feeling peace, starts feeling um, confidence, freedom, um, the ability, more the empowerment to actually do something about what's happening in the situation. Um, but it all goes back to the heart, really, not not the circumstances that I'm in. And Mary, you really nailed, hit the nail on the head with how you described that, and a lot of people have touched on that, that I need to deal with my frustration. The thing that I'm excited about, I know we're all excited about, is helping people walk through what that really entails. How do I really let go of that frustration? What needs to happen? Is it just me sitting by myself and just closing my eyes and saying, God, I give you this frustration and having all the best intentions in the world to do that. But with what you explained, if people are new to what we do, they might be nodding their heads and saying, that sounds great. But we get to uh, explain how that literally happens in people's hearts and not just suppressing or repressing that frustration mm-hmm. or denying it and pretending that everything's okay. I'm not frustrated. Everything's fine. And yeah. that just wears us out. People don't realize that that frustration actually makes their heart numb. Mm-hmm. So you might hear what they're saying and you can tell that they're upset about whatever the situation is. But when you ask them about it, they, they say, I don't feel angry. I don't feel mad. I don't, I'm not irritated at that person. You know, they just need to stop doing blank, 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 you know, and, and yet the numbness is there. A lot of times if you call their attention to it, then they recognize it. And so if, if we don't recognize it, we don't know what to do. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people are stuck. They don't recognize that they're numb because under the numb is a frustration. And then how do I let go of that frustration? There's so many maybe temporary solutions that are out there for people to let go of their frustration. They try it and uh, and they think, you know, in the moment it, it feels so cathartic what they did. But then when they see that person again or they're back in that situation again, up comes the frustration again. So it's really not gone. And so many people are in that cycle and it's frustrating to be in that cycle. <laughs> and to not know how to get out. So we love helping people with very clear steps to take to actually get free of that. I I remember very clearly, it was right around the seven-year itch, right? That's in the marriage, probably six, seven years. And it was right at or right before the time where uh, I was introduced to these principles. And I was sitting with one of my best friends outside of our apartment. and, And we were both just lamenting how frustrated we were. Didn't use the word anger. We used probably frustrated or felt stuck in our marriage. But what it was really about for me was I wasn't getting validated enough. I wasn't Mm. being acknowledged for how hard I was working, the things that I was doing. And I put that all on Jenny. Like I'm upset because she's not telling me everything I want to hear. She's not uh, bowing down and kissing my feet every day, really. I mean, not literally, but in my mind, like I deserve that. I'm doing all this for us. And we've got two young kids at this point, never realizing that that at that point, that was a hole in my emotional bucket that Jenny could never fill. And the more that I've dealt with while growing up and being made fun of here, here, here on the bus at school with um, 
many different situations that I started to buy into a lie that I'm a freak, that I'm no good. And the more that I visited those situations and discovered the truth in my heart, not just in my head, because I knew what it meant to talk about my identity in Christ, but that fell by the wayside in those conversations of frustration. But the more that I've dealt with those things that have been with me for a long time, the less pressure it put on Jenny in my heart and the more free I became. And that's, that's how I dealt with a lot of my stuckness in my marriage was dealing with those core things. So I don't feel stuck the way that I did those years ago because Jesus is healing some of those wounds in my heart. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so good to realize that getting free isn't about making the person change that we're with, whoever that is, even ourself, right? Right. Making myself change. So I quit being stupid. I quit making that mistake. I quit trusting that person. You know, you're never going to get free trying to deal with the situation. And there are sometimes situational things we need to do, but to get free of the emotion, which really is the thing that cripples all of us. It's the emotional aspect that keeps us held back, uh, not the actual situation. So the more that we face that, like you did, instead of blaming the person in the situation, the the more we are going to get free and be able to move forward. So that's an awesome point. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that my emotions I'm feeling are not coming from what the situation is causing. It's, it's really something deeper. And, and that's what keeps people stuck in those loops of trying to get free, but they never can because they don't realize that, that it's actually deeper. Let's look deeper, come and have someone help you get through that and see where are those feelings and thoughts coming from. And that frustration sitting on top of it many times prevents people from even seeing that there is a deeper connection because they're just angry and, and that's all they feel. So it's really important to know how to release that anger and have it be, it actually can be gone forever in a moment, a decision that you make based on what the Holy Spirit reveals to you, but it really takes him. We can't do it on our own. We really can't. And I think a lot of people who have tried can resonate with that. They've tried to let the anger go and forgive that person. And the the next time they see him, they're angry again. So yeah, there's steps to take where that anger can be gone forever and you don't have to feel it toward that person or that situation. And we love helping people do that. There's times where people come in and they, uh, they're thinking about a job change and they're frustrated with their boss because whatever, Mr. Smith, he doesn't acknowledge the work that I do and I'm not compensated the way that I want to be. Might there be a better job for that person? Sure. But if, if they're coming in and they're frustrated with their job, it's not, okay, how can we strategize on how to um, get the pats on the back? It's yeah, maybe there's another job that's better for you, but in the meantime, let's deal with how does it feel that Mr. Smith does or doesn't do this? Because you can move on to the next job and it feels good for a while because you're the new person, you're getting acclimated, but then, hey, wait a minute, Mr. Smith's here too. It's not Mr. Smith, it's Mr. <laughs> Jones, or it's Mrs. Harris, or it's whomever else, right? It's like, why does that pattern keep on going? It's because we haven't dealt with the internal things that only Jesus can fix. Especially today, people can really relate to the getting married more than once, you know, 
and and they divorce and then they remarry and then they're still not happy because the the same hot buttons that are inside are still there and that person's pushing on those hot buttons and so um we get angry again you know when you're dating a lot of times um people won't be honest with you about what they see or they won't get irritated as easily with the kind of person you are and then once you're married that sort of gets relaxed a little bit and all of a sudden the buttons start getting pushed and all of a sudden it's not as wonderful and beautiful as you thought it was going to be well the truth is it really is wonderful and beautiful but those those hot buttons that you have are or that we all have are being pushed and and that frustration with life or with the person or with ourselves many times that frustration gets in the way of being able to love that person or love ourselves and so it's just so important to look at when i get frustrated when i get irritated when i get angry why mm-hmm. can't change the circumstance many times why am i feeling this and actually is this a f- familiar feeling for me right mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are kind of irritated when they realize when when we're we sit down and talk with them that, yeah, actually, I've been angry about that thing for a long time. You know, they don't like recognizing that this actually isn't about my spouse, that I actually have been angry since the second grade about this issue, you know, but it's a good thing because once you recognize that then we can unpack that place, second grade or whatever happened. We can release that anger to Jesus. And then we can get peace on what that hot button is. And then the spouse doesn't, they can say or do the very same thing that they were doing. And yet that, uh, that hot button isn't there anymore. And so we don't get upset like we did. And that's really freedom. It's amazing how God can do that. And, and then without that frustration there toward your spouse, then it opens the door for love then you can really love. And so the things you really want from the relationship can actually happen because you get that, uh, the frustration out of the way. And, and why do you think, uh, one thing that stuck out to me with the, with the example that you gave is how it follows you. But mm-hmm. what do you think causes people not to see that it's following them? Trying to survive, trying to move on. Mm-hmm pressing forward mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong in and of itself of pressing forward but you got to kind of take a look at what's dragging behind you what hasn't been fully uh not even processed i think that's part of it but brought into reality because mm-hmm. none of us live in true reality except god and he wants us to live in his reality which is his truth and when we take a look at those things that uh, are dragging behind us. We can never get free of those unless we address those. That's where uh, I think some of the 12 step uh, processes are really good because it helps people come out of their denial. I don't think it necessarily brings everybody freedom, but at least starts the ball rolling with, I need to come to some sort of reconciliation with what's going on. I need some healing. I, I need to face whatever it is that's still there. So I think that's part of it is we, we would rather just move on and pretend that everything's okay than to really address the things that need to be addressed. Yeah, that's so good, Steve. And I think people aren't taught, right? I mean, how often do you hear people taught that 
when they're feeling frustrated that, hey, what's going on in your heart there? Where's that coming from? Good grief. Look around at the culture. Being angry is almost promoted. Well, it is promoted. Being angry is promoted. It's seen as a good thing. And actually, God created us to feel anger. So the the understanding about frustration and anger is so important because we were created with this sensor inside of us. When an injustice happens, we're going to feel angry about it. We are. Jesus did. When you read the Gospels, there was injustice that was happening around him. The Pharisees and what they were saying and putting on the people was wrong. And he got angry about it. So there's nothing wrong with that anger and frustration initially. So we're created to feel it. We're going to feel it. But what happens is then people hold on to that frustration about that injustice for their whole life. And then as an adult, a similar situation happens and they're angry and it's way over the top angry, like what you see going on now. And it's it's actually seen as a normal thing because, well, that's an injustice. I'm supposed to be angry. But the truth is that anger is used to hurt people, whether it's just snapping at your spouse or it's breaking somebody's window. You know, that anger is going to hurt someone. And it and the word says that man's anger does not bring about God's righteousness. So true. It's so true. And and just believing that statement alone, I think, is a stretch for people because there's a lie out there that anger is actually accomplishing something good, but it's not. It's hurting people. So we have to release it because when we release it, then God is able to judge that situation and we feel peace. So we're able to respond appropriately instead of hurtfully and full of anger and vengeance, which is never going to bring about what we want it to bring about. Just look around is people who are, who are getting angry. Are they accomplishing what they want to accomplish? It's not happening. Right. But then you have people like uh, Gandhi, right? If listeners know about Gandhi, if you don't look him up because he was an amazing man of peace and the powerful changes he brought about in his culture and in freedom for his country happened because they were people of peace and they protested peacefully. Martin Luther King is another one protested peacefully. Look at the changes that happened. So there's a lie out there that anger is okay. And that frustration and irritation is, is because of the circumstance and it's okay to keep it, but uh, it's not. I've never uh, looked at it quite this way, but maybe anger is there when we recognize injustices and it's, it's to turn our head, right? It's like, oh, that's wrong, but it isn't what drives us. And so there's plenty of injustice in this country, but my mind goes to traveling with you, Mary, and being, I think this was probably in Managua, in Nicaragua. And what we, what we recognize, and you had been there before, but uh, the human trafficking and the way that uh, prostitution is legal there, the way that women are used, uh, it's mm-hmm. just so horrible. So I think it's okay to be angry that that's happening, but anger isn't what drove me there. It was compassion for the situation because revenge never has good fruit to it. But I specifically remember um, driving to uh, one of the places we were doing ministry and the pastor there pointed out the drive-in prostitution (laughs) uh, places, like these houses or apartments or buildings where men could literally drive their car in and they would close the door and there would be a woman waiting for them. 
and the anger that I felt that that was happening mm-hmm. and the anger that I had for those men and yet had to slow down and go, okay, there is something really messed up in those men as well. There should be ministry to those men because being vengeful toward the men isn't going to be helpful either. Right. So it's that anger can turn our head, but it, it shouldn't be what drives us. It's the love of God that drives right. us. Yeah. I think um, just even with what y'all were sharing before, like the long-term effects of anger is numbness. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just in, in, if it, if you continue having it in play, it's just going to just take over and you're not going to have, you're not gonna be able to feel anything else. Uh, I think of, um, when Jesus said living waters will come out of you. I think that's part of the issue that keeps you stuck is that you, you keep on looking for things outside of you to fix it. If only Mr. Jones would change, or if only, miss whoever would change or if only that person would change then then i can have living water coming out but he doesn't but that's and and that's so often in christian circles what we look for is uh an inpouring of something but he said there's going to be an outpouring so the the what got you stuck was yourself (laughs) and your beliefs what's going to get you unstuck is his power coming out of you with the right beliefs that you know because and, and you can think, okay, well, this incident happened in second grade. Now I'm angry whenever I feel uh, accosted or somebody doesn't adjust this against me. But that's a stone over your heart. Anger is just a stone plugging that up. And until you have like the belief, this is just from what you're saying, what you're sharing, until you have that belief that can actually move it out of the way and allow you to move it, that's still not going to come out. That, li- that living water that's supposed to be there. And so people can go years feeling like, where's this living water that Jesus said? Where is it? Well, you said that I should have life more abundantly. Why am I, why am I not feeling it? Well, maybe you should look inside. What, what are the stones on top of that, on top of your heart that you put there that Jesus wants to address? Right. And I think more and more these days, at least in the church, they're recognizing some of that, that, that there is a block there and that, whenever anger surfaces or frustration or judgment surfaces, we need to let that go. Cause that that's a problem that's getting in the way. You know, Jesus said, it's, it's, you shouldn't let the sun go down on your anger. You know um, they are taught that, but then how to do it is man, a train wreck. I've heard so many different and I've experienced different theories and ways people have tried to deal with that to let it go. And I've heard preaching about when Jesus said, how many times should you forgive your brother? 70 times, 70 times seven. Right. And so people think I just need to keep forgiving. I just need to keep forgiving. I just need to keep forgiving. But that wasn't what he meant. Forgiving that person for one offense can happen in an instant when we let the Lord help us. But then they may, they may be triggering some other thing in us in the next thing that they do or the next thing a person does. And we need to get free of that as well. Um, So getting free of it is really the critical part because it's bondage to think that I have to forgive a person and let them continue to hurt me. And I have to keep forgiving them over and over and over, but never release the anger that I feel because right, Sean, that anger over time will just produce numbness in me. And then I'm numb and then I can't feel God. And then I wonder where all these things that people talk about we're supposed to be having in our relationship with Jesus, why they're not happening. 
It's because of all that suppressed anger and the numbness that's on top of that. And that really is, I mean, if people are honest with themselves and they let their heart feel the ones, and I've been in that bucket a lot of times when I felt, why isn't this happening for me? You know, why aren't I feeling that? Why aren't I hearing from God? If they would be honest and let themselves feel, they'd find out, yeah, there's, you know, there's a real hardness on my heart. And they can probably tell you, yeah, I remember this thing happened at church and that's the right road to go on. Explore where did that numbness come from? Where did that anger come from? And let's unpack it. Let Jesus into it. You will be able to sense him and hear from him when you release that frustration or that judgment um, because it softens your heart. It gets that rock out of the way so that you can receive the very thing that you're longing to receive. I would like to ask myself how I would have answered what does love covers a multitude of sins mean, Hmm. but now it's just such a, it's such a deeper passage of scripture for me because it's like what we've been saying. It's, it comes down to I'm stuck because I don't deeply know God's love in that area of my life. Because if I deeply did know God's love in that area, I would have the freedom to either be able to walk through it with more strength or security, or I would be able to make a decision where I can move on out of love, not out of running away from something. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. If any of this has resonated with you or helped you at all, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe. And we'll see you next time.